myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is NUFC Dream Team tonight and it's a first because we've never done one of these shows live. So a big welcome and uh, a big weight on Stu Penman's shoulders tonight. How are you, Stu? Hey, brother. Big shoulders, mate. I can carry it. I knew you'd say that, mate. As always, <laughs> uh, great uh, great to, to go through somebody's own personal 11. You've got uh, plenty of substitutes to choose from and a cracking manager at the boot. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen Dream Team, uh, just search NUFC Dream Team in the playlists and you will be able to see some of the other presenters and people who uh, contribute to the show on a regular basis pick their teams. Always well worth a watch and always well worth a discussion. But we're obviously going to invite you to, to chip in as uh, Stu names his players. Um, and as always, we start in goal. Uh, so, Stu, who is your dream team goalkeeper? Well, I had a choice of three, but what I wanted to do when I was picking my team was because I've watched Newcastle for like five decades, the 80s, 90s, the, the noughties, I suppose, the teens and now the 20s. And I wanted to have someone from each decade in the team. So it was a choice between Pav, Shea and Dubravka. But, so I chose Dubravka for... Because I don't think anyone else in the this decade deserves to be anywhere near the best team I've watched in Newcastle. So the but there was three reasons why I chose them. I think the other two were like the Pavin Shea Given. They played in far better teams than what Dubravka's done. And I think if you if you look at it, he's the most I think most importantly, I think Dubravka is the best keeper we've had. I mean, we've seen some good ones and average ones and some pretty bad ones over the years. But I know he gets there, uh, he makes the odd error and he which always gets highlighted more as a goalkeeper. And he's been accused of having glass wrists. But if you look at the last couple of seasons in particular, the amount of points he's saved or gained us, you know, I, I don't think anyone else has done that. And he, he does command his area really well. And he gives the defence a, a massive confidence boost, which was seen in the running when he replaced Dolo at the end. So that's why I chose Dubravka as the goalkeeper. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, sad to hear that he's uh, going to be out at the start of the season as well. Uh, he's uh, just got a foot injury, so um, we'll wait and see what happens with that. OK, great start. Good goalkeeper. And uh, nice to see Martin Dubravka getting a, a mention because I think when most people watch the Dream Team's it is the usual faces, so a uh, slightly different goalkeeper there. Um, are you uh, going for a back three or a back four? I'm going for a back three because of the amount of talent in front of them, so they had to restrict the defence to three. All right, then who's on the right-hand side of your three? Right, the, with the defenders, once I picked the three of them, the, what I didn't have, which surprised me, was any of the back six from the entertainers. When I say back six, the six that regular played, you know, like the Steve Watsons, Warren Bartons, Howie's, Peacocks, uh, Albert, John Beresford, not one of them. So the, on the right-hand side, I picked someone who uh, I believe always gave 100%. And to the club, he still does, to the supporters, and that was John Anderson. Uh, some people won't know that John Anderson signed for Newcastle about the same time as... Kevin Keegan did, you know, some guy called Kevin Keegan. But with John Anderson, what you got was full-blooded commitment and a few broken bones, saying that like most of them would, is to be fair. Uh, and the fans loved him, and he loved the area that much. 
that's he stayed. And as we know, he's on the radio now, and he, I think he lives out Edinburgh. You know, he's he's immersed himself in the Jordies, and 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 I I didn't want to have a, a team with someone like John Anderson in because you need some stealth, shall we say, or some uh, strength for the for the gale we have further up the pitch. So John Anderson for me uh, was was one of the defenders I had to pick. Yeah, great player, uh, Ando, one of my uh, heroes, one of my very first heroes from that 83-84 promotion team. But uh, hard as goat's knees and uh, top guy, top commentator, uh, top all-round bloke. Okay, so uh, a back three, who's in the middle of that? In the middle, I've got the captain. Uh, I've got Glenn Roder. And just move on to what I wrote there. You know, he's another adopted Geordie, the same as what John Anderson is and. I think he's done every job at the club except paint, put the pitch, the lines on the pitches. But I wouldn't even be surprised if he's done that. You know, uh, you know, he's been the captain, he's been the coach, he's been the manager. Uh, he, he's a leader, and I think the way he marshaled uh, a young Paul Gascoigne as well. And off the pitch, I don't think anyone's got a bad word to say about him. And his dedication to being the best and getting the best out of his ability, I don't think can be underestimated. He was like a glider when he had the ball, you know, like he would glide across the pitch, he wouldn't run. And he could orchestrate, he was quiet, but he would orchestrate really well. And for those of us of a certain age, then for sure, I think the Groda shuffle has to get mentioned. Uh, it was like, it was a sight to behold, wasn't it? And he, he started thinking, you, you hear the phrase and it's said too many times, like this player was before his time, but that certainly applies for Glenn Roder. And I just wonder how much he'd be worth in today's transfer market when you see the price of some of these defenders. When you've got, I think you'd be ideal for a for a Pep Guardiola style. You know, can win the battles and comfortable on the ball, come out of defence and straight about. So I wanted uh, the defence to have the captain because I think the captain should be centre half, and that's why I picked Glenn Roder as as the captain and centre half. Barry Hogan says, Rhoda should have been in the England squad. Class player, loved his shuffle. And Billy says, uh, class, classy player, Glenn, and a classy man. Yeah, we did a wonderful tribute to Glenn Rhoda as part yeah. of the retro show uh, when he passed away. Uh, you know, well worth listening if anybody wants to to listen to the memories of Glenn. Um, but yeah, top, top man and uh, thankful for everything he did as uh, a Newcastle player and manager. Uh, Tom Lynch says, Rhoda was quality captain. And when I went to my first game, scored that game too. Uh, yeah, he did did pitch him with the odd goal, but just just the right kind of person to have at the club uh, in, in at that time. Okay, so it's a back three. Uh, we've got Ando, we've got Glenn Rhoda, and he's your captain. Who's who's alongside those two? It's, to me, it's the best player of defender I've seen play for Newcastle, and it was Jonathan Woodgate, uh, the young Borrelad. Don't think I've seen a better player play in the black white stripes from defence. Again, it's similar to Glenn Rhoda. He would glide around the pitch, but he was cultured, he was composed, he was class. Uh, and again, words that are absolutely like overused, but they all reflect on him. And I know we didn't have him that long. And he's, he's, we all know the story. His career was cut short with injuries and then he left for Real Madrid, etc., etc. But for the time that we had him, I think we were blessed, you know, and... And every time I've spoken to your Castle fan, I don't think anyone has said, no, he was rubbish or they said he shouldn't play. He was just, it was in my, it was an admiration watching him play. You know, it was like, yeah, it was, it was fantastic that I could watch uh, John Woodgate play for us. And he never got ruffled. 
You know, it doesn't matter how big or strong the player was, he never got ruffled. He just had his timing was impeccable. The way he could just nip in as well, and then again effortlessly just stroke the ball out left, right, through the middle. Uh, I wish, I just wish we'd had him longer because he, he just did everything with the, the consummate ease. So John and Woodgate had to make the, the back three for, for the players that I've watched in the, in the team. Yeah, Woodgate wasn't there long, but wow, he was yeah. unreal, says Tom Lynch. Uh, Billy reckons that he was the best reader of the game that he's seen in a black and white shirt. I've got to agree. Um, Glenn, you know, Glenn Roder uh, was a great servant, but Jonathan Woodgate um, didn't spend a great deal of time at the club. But you know, at the time he did spend, I, I have to say, he was probably one of the best centre halves that I've seen at Newcastle. And I mean, it was a it was a strange a strange signing as well. You know, I wasn't one hundred percent sure we we're going to get him, but uh, what a signing it was! And yeah, had he been fully fit, who knows what would have happened with uh, with Woodgate? But uh, great back three. So uh, who's next in the Stu Penman dream team? Um, well, with the two, as I referred to him as gliders in in the toughest old boots. John Allenson, I thought we needed a bit more steel to do a protection job because although we'll probably score loads, it would be would have to concede some as well. So I had a choice, and you start thinking right, defensive midfielders. Um, I was going to go with Dave McCreary, and I know a lot of people have said David Batty, but the choice I took was Chick Teori. Uh Another one who we've lost too soon, same as Glenn Rodan, unfortunately. So rest in peace them both. But save. Uh, Chick Teori was the enforcer, he was a destroyer, he was a protector, he would break up play. And what I used to marvel at was his willingness to take the ball and retain it when he was under pressure. You know, they might have had a mark, he didn't didn't bother him. He wanted the ball, he could hold it and release it. Um, and if you think of Kibaye, who played in midfield with him, he wouldn't have been anywhere near the player is what uh, he was if it wasn't for uh, Teori's assistance. In protection, I suppose. And for two seasons, I honestly thought he was the best in the league at, at that role. And there were some cracking players in the league at that time. And one of those seasons, I just thought he was too good for us. And it was only a matter of time before he got uh, snapped up. Uh, but he's, let's say, off the field enjoyment seemed to extend his growth within the club. But he did give us, well, uh, I was there and I know you were there, Steve. He did give us one of those I was there moments with that fantastic. Thunderbolts against Arsenal when we, uh, he completed the 4-4 the comeback from 4-0 down. And uh, when I was sitting, I was up before he even, well, obviously, after he's just after he struck him, but before he even went into the box, you just knew it was written in the stars that he was going to score. And after having that one against Man City disallowed uh, a year or two before, you know, he, he deserved it. And, you know, the atmosphere was probably one of the that 10 minute spell is probably the, the same James as was bouncing, you know, with the with the Arsenal fans getting all the all the grief for it. So I checked you I thought would be an enforcer, but he's also a ball player as well. Uh, McCreary was terrier alike. Batty, uh, although he's got his great uh, fans and people there saying he should be in any team, I, I personally believe that adding David Batty to the 95-96 cost was the league. Because he slowed everything down, and but that's that's another story. But we'll, we'll keep it what we're doing and uh, check Tiotti for me. I honestly think he was class, and that's why I put him as, as the defensive midfielder. A couple of more comments on Woodgate. Mark Bayer says Woodgate was as cool as ice. Positional play was superb. Stayed on his feet and ushered strikers away from goal. He was a class act. 
Barry Hogan says he watched his debut for Real Madrid, scored no goal and got sent off. Bless him. <laughs> Uh, Chris Hall also says uh, about Woodgate, he says, shows what a player Woodgate was when you consider how many dream teams he has appeared in. Yeah, very, very true, mate. Um, he has appeared in quite a few. And Chris Hall says, check Teoti. Didn't get the praise he deserves. During that season when we finished fifth, he was fantastic next to Kabai. Really let him worry about getting forward and helping out the attack. Uh, unforgettable strike versus Arsenal, says Dunhill. Uh, Keith, getting back to Woodgate, says... He was a hell of a player. He could have been one of the greats. Shame about the injuries. When he was at Leeds with Rio Ferdinand, he was arguably the better player at the time. Steve Bennett says, totally agree. Totally made Kabai an even better player than he already was. He did all the dirty work superbly. Even the boogies in the ground paid out at half-time while we were 4-0 down against Arsenal, says Kenny. And Tom says, what a moment that was when Totti scored against Arsenal. One of those moments that stays with you for years. Yeah, and God bless him. Uh, great selection, uh, a popular one again amongst the supporters watching tonight. Okay, who's next in the midfield? And you've got your midfield general there, your midfield holder to protect that back three and the goalkeeper. Who's next in the midfield? Let's go left hand side. Left hand side, right. Who did I have a choice between? Uh, going back in the years, it was Chrissy Waddle, there was Lauren Robert. I was joking going to say Wayne Ferrelly, but I thought it's <laughs> not. And, uh, he might but, be in mine. He might be in mine, Stu. You never know. I haven't done mine yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Uh, but uh, to me, the, the standout choice was David Ginola. Um, he's, he's the one, you know, he's, he's, he should have been on a catwalk, shouldn't he? And <laughs> he's been described as lazy, moody, not interested half the time. He smoked, he should never be a professional footballer. But, you know, my word, the footballing gods took a shine to this one, didn't it? He, he, I remember his home debut versus Coventry. And Warren Barton crossed the ball. It must have been 40, 50, possibly even 60 yards. I'd say 50 yards. And he's took the ball on his, on the outside of his foot, whilst running, all in one motion, skipped past the defender and whipped across him. And 50,000 people just fell in love with him instantly. You know, and you're just thinking, right, well, is that just a flash in the pan? Because he didn't have the best of games that game, but you know, he showed enough potential to think he could gel. The next game he played, we covered in the retro show, one of the last times we did it, and that was the ball in the way. And he was on a different planet that day. And, you know, with Ginola, if you remember, of course, you do the, the, the podcast you did with Rule Fox, someone else who could have been mentioned, he was talking about him and Scott Sellers, another person who could have been mentioned in this team. And the, the, in the training, he, he, Rue Fox said someone blasted the ball at him. I think it was Beresford blasted the ball at him, you know, just to try and make him look bad. And he just cushioned it like in his insteps so easily. Scott Sellers turned around to uh, Rue Fox and says, well, that's me. Yeah, isn't it? That's me getting sold. So he, he was at next level up. And I'm always grateful that we signed him because the big talk all summer was we were signing John Salago. And we end up with Ginola. So maybe I'm looking through it through rose tinted glasses. Uh, and also another I was there moment, that 4 0 win versus Ferran Varos. And I was in the Gallagher that day. And when the ball hit the top of the corner, I was probably about 20 seats behind it. So I had a perfect view, you know, and just the skill and the nonchalance. And again, the, the constant ease he did it with. And when he was celebrating, it was he was like, "Yeah, of course, I'm brilliant. You, you should all appreciate that." It was the Gallic flair, flair that he had, and it was like, "Well, it's expected. You know, I can do this." And it was just brilliant to see. I was I was there to watch that uh, that fabulous goal that he scored for us. 
So that's why I picked him over some very worthy candidates on the left-hand side. OK, Dunnell says, agree, Keith Woodgate had great positional sense, great game versus Arsenal in 2003, I think. Uh, Dunnell says, magnifique, great choice, Ferenc Varos goal, what a goal, Sheffield Wednesday goal two. Uh, Keith, uh, just talking about Teoti, says, Teoti's goal versus Arsenal is one of my all-time favourite Newcastle goals and moments. The disallowed goal versus Man City and West Brom were amazing and should have stood as well. Uh, Tom says, Ginola was fantastic, but I've always said I preferred Lauren Robert, but only slightly. Kenny says, by far the best. The charismatic football just poured out of him regarding Ginola. So cool with it too. Uh, Stu says that Ginola used to go past players like they weren't even there. He skinned them. And yeah. <laughs> Barry says, what about the great speed demon, Franz Carr? If only someone could have taught him to cross a ball. And uh, Tom says, I remember that. Keegan wanted Salago, but he didn't fancy the move north. So we went for Ginola instead. I wonder if Salago regrets the decision. So, uh Again, plenty uh, thumbs up for uh, David. Um, so, right side then. This was the hardest choice of the lot. You know, the, if you want to use the modern era, you could say another winger is the SM. But I don't think he's reached the heights. So, I know he hasn't reached the heights of the two people. I was genuinely torn between. Uh, and one I know personally, and that's uh, Nobby Solano, who was a great servant in both his spells for the club and produced some fantastic goals, fantastic assists. And again, he dies black and white in his heart, not in his, in his blood. And I, and I know that myself. And I think he would crawl over broken glass to get a job back here. So it was very, very, very difficult to, to, to bench Nobby, I suppose. But the person that I chose was Hatton Ben Arthur. And for all the reasons I probably have just mentioned about Nobby, Ben Arthur didn't have any of them, but he, he had probably the most natural talent I've ever seen of a footballer playing for us. And I mean, natural ability, the way he could glide past people. Uh, the, if, uh, if it wasn't for injuries and more realistically his attitude, Ben Arthur could have probably and should have been one of the players of his generation. Um, a bit like the person I'm going to mention in the middle when I, when I come to him. The, but he had he had the skill set to pull it off. Everything you know, he, uh, even in a tight space with a man on him, he could go with his left foot, right foot, and then, like you say, that burst of energy. And you can't not think of his goal against Everton when he just signed for us, and then those two wonder goals versus Bolton and Blackburn. You know, and, and, I mean, there's many great goals he scored. I remember a, a great one of Fulham away he scored as well. But the the, the thing with him is, <coughs> it's. I don't want to be critical of him because of such a talent, but it was such a waste of talent as well. And I, I, you know, I've got insight into how he come back overweight and stuff like that. And he didn't seem bothered. And even the, the greatest players, or what makes them great, is they've all got the talent, but they pushed themselves that bit further. And he's just seemed to be happy knowing, well, you know, I'm very good, so I can keep going. But he could have got better and better and better. And, you know, Maybe he should have been nicknamed after the lad from the Wizard of Oz, the, the Tin Man, you know, if only he had a heart. Because he could have been absolutely sensational. And he was in spells, don't get us wrong, he was in spells. Uh, and that's why he got in the team, because if you could have got him playing properly, and you know, he would have been unstoppable. He, he could have genuinely been one of the best players in the world. And I was always grateful to say that I managed to see Ben and offer play a few times for us. So yeah. I, I had to pick him. I'm sorry, Dobby, but I had to, I had to pick him just for that reason. 
Big fans' favourite, of course, Hatton Ben Arfa. Again, not somebody who spent a great deal of time at the club, but made an impact while he was here. Billy says, uh, Ginola used to race past players without looking particularly quick. He was the magician of a player. Uh, Tom says, loved watching Ginola that day. He took his top off. Uh, Tom, I'm not sure you're on the right channel tonight. Uh, <laughs> coming out with stuff like that. But get what you mean. I know what you mean, mate. Uh, Mark Byers says, also remember Arsenal kicking Ginola up a height at Highbury. Yeah, I uh, was there. You've pleased Chris Hall, though. He says, yes, Stu, Hatton Ben Arthur. I love it, mate. I jokingly said, I hope he's in your team. What a player. My favourite of all time. The goal versus Everton. I was in the away end. Bolton, Blackburn in the cup. Uh, definitely made Chris very happy there. Billy says, how De Jong didn't get red carded when he broke up and uh, Ben Arfa's leg? A disgraceful refereeing decision. Donald says, Ben Arfa, definitely a talent. Agree, Stu, did not look bothered. Uh, Nobby was way better footballer, in my opinion, says Kenny. Uh, Paul is a bit concerned because there's no Scotsman in the team yet. And uh, Billy says, Nobby was a better pro, but Hatton was a better footballer. Uh, Tom, we'll finish off with him on Ben Arthur. He says, agreed, Stu, loved Nobby, but Ben Arthur was outstanding. I was at Goodison, not just his goal. He was world-class that day. I remember coming out of Goodison, phoning people back home, rambling about him. So, uh, again, another popular selection. Uh, so, who's next in the midfield? Well, we've got the midfield, Jeff. And, again, I wanted to... There was three or four that standout selections. You know, you've got Rob Lee, you've got Gary Speed, but the the one I chose, and for those who watch the show, they'll know how much I appreciate the fact that I've seen this this lad play for us, and that was Paul Gascoigne. Um, sadly, we only had Gaza for a few years, but watching this precocious talent develop was a privilege. Uh, every young lad in your castle aspired to be him, pretend to be him when we were playing football, and the little shuffle that he did when he went between two players, everyone practiced it. And the fact that he was playing for the Newcastle, as a Newcastle lad, he was the star player. Even at a young age, he was fearless and he wasn't afraid of mixing it with the older lads and what was a lot more physical league than what it is nowadays. In fact, to be fair to Gaza, he seemed to relish it, didn't he? It was his way of, like, you know, you'd nutmeg them and, and take the piss out of them a bit. And it was like, catch me if you can. And he, he wasn't fast if you ran him over... 50 yards, but put over five yards, 10 yards, he was as quick as anyone the way you could get away from people. Um, and so it was ine inevitable that that you would leave us, you know, because of the, the the way the club was at the time. I think we finished about 10th or 11th. And But again, I, I believe if we'd kept him and uh, we had a board that had some some ambition, <laughs> sounds familiar as well, doesn't it? But if we'd, if we'd uh, had a board that had some ambition, I don't think we would have won the league, but I think he could have won us a cup or been the, the main man in a, in a cup-winning team for us. But uh, he went to Tottenham uh, and I was I was probably genuinely gutted when he left because it was, you know, I was I was a teenage lad and, and Gascoigne was Mr Newcastle, wasn't he? And you, you just knew he was going to be good. You knew he was going to be world-class. And even with all the uh, demons he had in his head, he still proved himself on the world stage and, uh, you know, it's still... You know, he loved globally, to be fair to him. Uh, and he is genuinely world-class. And uh, Gascoigne had to be in the team. He, he was one player that I thought, right, he, he's got students of cup in midfield. He was the first name I put down, was Gascoigne. 
Okay, Keith says, uh, Ginola didn't score many goals when he was at Newcastle, but every goal he did score when he was amazing and memorable. He also still talks fondly about the club. Chris uh, A says, yes, Stu, with Gaza now looking more like my uh, dream team. Uh, Chris Hall says, agreed, Tom. <laughs> Talking about the Ginola incident, have you seen the YouTube compilation of Hatton Ben Arthur from the Everton game in 2009? Ridiculous, mate. I did the same as you. I was waxing lyrical about him to anyone that will listen. Dunnell goes on about Gaza here. He says, Gaza, shame we never got to see his best years here. Complete package as a midfielder. Uh, Tom says, Gaza has to be in. Uh, Chris says, wish I'd seen Gaza uh, live. Great bloke. Barry says he loved the Gaza documentary where he spoke about the Vinnie Jones incident and how he sent him some red roses afterwards. Billy Gaddis says, Gaza was from my hometown, Dunstan. It was often said that his brother was a better player, but never got through the ranks at Newcastle. Carl certainly was a good player. I played against him mm. in the Sunday leagues. Uh, Nobby along with Shearer, my favourite all-time Newcastle player, says Keith. Um, Billy says, I'll never forget Gaza tugging Rude Hullet's dreadlocks at Italia 90. What a character. And at the time of Italia 90, arguably the best player on the planet, him or Lothar yeah. Matthias. Paul Shanks says, Gaza world-class on and off the pitch. Kenny says, Gaza was by far the most talented player I've seen. Uh, thanks for all your comments. Keep them coming in. Let's give a shout out to the sponsors. Uh, big shout out to Spider VPN. Just Google Spider VPN uh, and they can sort out any issues you have with your internet security. They're at the top of the search list. Google them. They can help uh, protect your passwords and everything else on your computer. Thanks to them for being a monthly sponsor uh, for the last few months. Also, a big shout out to uh, skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 25 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Uh, and don't forget as well, you will see Sir Bobby down at the uh, protest uh, this weekend. Uh, we did get this yesterday from Scott to show Sir Bobby down in London, uh, uh, basically protesting down at uh, Parliament. So a uh, big shout out to Sir Bobby for that. And uh, follow protest NUFC. I believe John Acutech has given some tickets away as well. I think he has 10 tickets uh, to give away for the bus. So uh, contact John on Twitter tonight. And there are 10 tickets remaining. Also, a big shout out to uh, QTechShop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle. And to Jab Signature, uh, who do all of our flyers. And if you want to subscribe to the show, hit the Newcastle Legends logo. And that's it. You can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video. Click the share button to share to your social media and drop into the comments to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and all other good podcast providers. Our website has all our T-shirts on, nufcmatters.com, run by QTech. So get yourself onto there. This cult T-shirt is one of our favourites. And uh, also the Matchday Bucket is still operational for the food bank. NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk. Simply make a donation online to keep the money ticking in for the food bank until we're all back at St. James's Park. You'll enter into a raffle to win that watch, uh, which will be drawn at the pool night on Friday, the 6th of August. Uh, and Keith Patterson will be making the draw. So uh, get yourself along to the pool night at Spotlight on Friday, the 6th of August, in aid of the food bank. Okay, back to Stu's dream team. Uh, and you've got another midfield player to play alongside Gaza. Who is it? Well, it's more if it's a 3-4-1-2. This will be the one, fired, suppose, supplying the the passes of the load and the bullets for, for the two up front. And it's, this was, although choosing between Ben Arthur and Solano was the hardest choice, this was the easiest choice. 
the only person I thought I could have even got near this position would have been Keegan himself. Uh, but for me, it had to be Peter Beardsley. He's, you know, he was that good for us over his two spells. That uh, rumour has it in Jordy Folklore that when Tina Turner sings simply the best, she's referring to Peter Beardsley. Because I said, in my humble opinion, he's the best player ever to play for Newcastle. Well, certainly, definitely in my lifetime anyway. And his, his bad games were as rare as Mitch getting around in and Goodfellas. So it's, that tells you how many bad games he didn't have. Um, what, he, what he had this knack of doing was making bad players, average, average players, good, good players, better, you know, and, and, and better players, world-class or excellent. And the best example of that would be at the Mexico World Cup where that goal hanger Gary Lineker walked away with the top scorer in the tournament and everyone raves about uh, Maradona that year which it was his year but Lineker got, was the top scorer and Lineker in his own admission and said yes, he's the best forward he's played with you know and there's a long line of players who, who would do that uh, who would uh, verify that as well you know look what he did for Aldridge at Liverpool uh, Andy Cole when he first came in Newcastle you know, and he was selfish, sorry, selfless. He was selfless, uh, he was artistic, and there was no mistake that would call him Pedro because he, if, if he had been Spanish or Italian or Brazilian, for sure, you know, he, he would have got even more accolades than what he, what he actually did. And his appetite for the game, when he come back, you know, most people at that stage are just like looking to put the feet up in that. And... He ran everyone off the pitch. You know, he just, he never, ever stopped. His willingness, his commitment uh, was great admiration. And, you know, there's talks about certain people getting statues, but Beardsley never gets mentioned, and he should. You know, I honestly believe he was he's the best player that's ever played for Newcastle. And that second spell, when he when he come back, even the, like the Malcolm Allens and, you know, the, the players that weren't on the same calibre as the rest of the squad, he made them better players. And... I, I just want to thank him for all the for all the good times I've had watching him. Uh, so Beasley for sure that I've picked him. Uh, he was the first 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 name on on the sheet, and I think everyone guessed the second name. <laughs> so the first name, the first name was, was Beasley. Definitely was was Peter Beasley. Had to be. Keith says, never seen Gaza play for Newcastle, unfortunately, but seen the goal he scored versus Crystal Palace, and it was like something out of the Matrix. Yeah, I was behind that in the Gallagher end that day. Uh, Keith, he was something else, says Dunno. Uh, well done for the live casts. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Billy says, will you go live when you're down in London, Steve? Yes, we will be going live in London. Um, as I say, I'll be on the bus heading down there, so I will go live in London. Beardsley was brilliant, says Dunno. Uh, John uh, from QTX says, a great stew. Pedro was the best I've seen in a black and white shirt. Keith says, Dunno, Gaza is easily one of my all-time favourite players for England games alone. When Gaza played for England, that was my happiest time watching England. Jeff says, Peter Beardsley, football and genius, fantastic, uh, fantastic vision. And uh, Pedro is the best player I've seen at Newcastle, says Dave. There's been some fantastic players, but Beardsley is simply the best. Steve Bennett says, uh, fully agreed, the best player I've seen in a black and white shirt. Donald agrees that he, he deserves a statue. Tom says, I haven't seen a player control games the way Peter Beardsley did. Like, he was directing traffic. He made everything look easy. Even when he was older, he was dancing. He still does now in charity games that I've organised and he's, he's uh, turned up at. And he, he, he hates being substituted. 
Billy says the Beardsley drop of the hips fooled many defenders who knew it was coming. That day at Spurs when he did Dean Austin with it and scored a last-minute winner, yeah. celebrated wildly in the Spurs end. That was fantastic, that. Uh, Baker Boy says, I was so lucky to see his goal against Brighton as an eight-year-old in 84. He instantly became my favourite player and he still is. That was that wonderful um, you know, win of a tackle, turn and chip all in one action over the top of Joe Corrigan, who uh, was a big lad. Uh, in between the sticks for Brighton, but uh, really rounded up a fantastic day in our third place promotion in 83-84. Barry Hogan says, Stu, Steve, there are many. Pl- uh, are there any players from before your time who you wished you could have watched? Barry, we'll, uh, we'll tackle that maybe at the end if we've got time because I want to crack on with Stu's dream team. Um, okay, so you've got uh, Gaza and Beardsley in there. Um, who's next? Well, that has to be Mr. Alan Shearer himself, doesn't it? So. I don't think there's any words that have been written about Salem that I could add to. Uh, he, you know, he's the all-time Premier League top scorer. He's a top scorer in the history of the club that we all support. He captained his club. He captained his country. Uh, he was one of us. He managed us as well. But the, what, endeared us, what endeared him even more was when players signed for Newcastle, he made them realise what it meant to play for Newcastle. And he, he was the epitome of leading by example. And the the biggest shame with Alan is he never got to lift the trophy in the black and white strip. And if I go back to the, when he was signing for us, you know, there was a big tug of war, wasn't there, with Man United and the papers and stuff. But I never had any doubt that he was cooked in Newcastle. Um, Andy Cole had left. Keegan had been standing on the steps promising people that he was, he was, you don't worry, just have faith in this. And like you say, Ferguson was trying to win all wounds to Old Trafford. He's just become the top scorer of the Euros '96, and I knew he was signing for Newcastle. I just had it. Keegan was always going to convince him. Uh, and then look at the reception that he got. You know, when he when he first signed, and he achieved everything that he wanted to achieve in his life, apart from actually winning a trophy with us. Uh, and I just wish wish he had done it. He deserved it so, and as, as I said, he, he was a homegrown lad. He could have went to any club in the world. I mean, imagine that. Hopefully, those days will be soon when Newcastle are making signings for world record fees. You know, and this is not that long ago, really, though, well, 25 years ago, but we broke the world transfer record. We were one of the top teams in the world. Uh, and to sign Alan Shearer, it should have been uh, the icing on the cake for us. Uh, things changed, but uh, I was fortunate enough to meet Alan a few times. And the, the what he didn't know at the time was his, his last European game was at home at Sport in Lisbon. And uh, I got his man the match, champ, bottle of champagne. Um, he didn't want it, so he tasted rubbish, etc. And I said, oh, I'll have it. Uh, and I, I didn't get it signed. And I give it to some uh, lad in Tenerife, lad called Alex, who ran a, a sports bar, Newcastle sports bar, when I was living in Tenerife. I took it back to him and he put it in a in a casing in the bar and he's, he's had to leave and it got lost in shipment, unfortunately. But uh, that sheet metal worker's son from Gosford, for sure, I'm, I don't think anyone can pick a Newcastle dream team without having a minute. So, Beardsley first, Alan Shearer second, the two easiest names that anyone will give you uh, if they're going through their, their top 11s. Paul Shanks says the goal of Portsmouth was class, uh, getting back to Peter Beardsley. Yes, Keith yes. says Peter Beardsley and Andy Cole, possibly Newcastle's best ever strike partnership. Andy Cole, 41 goals, Beardsley, 24 in 93-94. Peter Beardsley, Hexham lad, says Jeff. Um, Billy says the greatest number nine this country has ever had, barring none, uh, referring to Alan Shearer, of course, who was in your team. 
Billy says, I wish that when Big Al took the manager's job, he'd kept us up. Maybe one day he will tell all about the players who let us down that season. Great bloke and a proud Geordie. Probably the best crosser of the ball too, says Billy. Yeah, I often used to say I wish Shearer could cross the ball in and be on the end of it. Tom says, Shearer would always be in my dream team. When I was a kid, I grew up hearing about Jackie Milburn, thinking about how great it would be to have seen a striker like that. Shearer was our Milburn. Barry says, wish we had one or two more seasons of Shearer and Ferdinand up front. Me too. Some partnerships that Barry says, Donald, obviously talking about that. Uh, Kenny says, I, I think the best thing about Shearer is he'd hit the ball first time, no matter where he was, in or out of the box and score. Uh, Donald just reiterating what someone said earlier about crossing the ball. And Keith says, I'm pleased I was an NUFC fan when Alan Shearer was playing for Newcastle and England. Okay, so that is your team. Um, no, I've got one left. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you've got one more player to go, and that is uh, partner and Alan Shearer up front. So who is it? Well, before I do that, I just want to say, like, to, to, I'm sure for everyone who would say this to Alan Shearer, from his first goal against Wimbledon to his last goal against the Maghams, thank you. And thank you for everything in between that you give us. And, you know, and for continuing to do us all proud as well, even now flying the flag for us. So the, the person to play up front with him, this was quite difficult as well. Because, you know, you can go for sentimental reasons. You know, you could pick David Kelly for that goal he scored against Portsmouth. And then you can do... I actually thought about putting Mickey Quinn in because of his four-goal salvo in his first game and 30-odd goals he scored that season. Then there was Les Ferdinand, there was Papa Cissé, Paul Goddard. There were so many you could choose, but... Uh, I end up going for Andy Cole because I, I loved Andy Cole. It was the time I was going to all the games. And some questions, Keegan's judgment, when we signed him, you know, he, was, he was just, it was 1.7 million, I think, we paid for him. And he was known as an Arsenal reject, some young kid at Bristol City. What fools we all were to think that, he, you know, we doubted Keegan and didn't think that he would make it. I mean, look at these stats. He scored 55 goals in 70 games for us. Some with his head, some with his left foot, some with his right foot. And in one game, if you remember, against Oldham, he scored with both feet. He kicked one ball, hit his ankle off his other foot and spun over the keeper and went in. You know, so, and it, again, it's whenever we got the ball in the box, you know, you genuinely, or you really thought it was going to be Andy Coe gets the ball and scores a goal. And invariably, most times he did. And he, he's, he's one of those, you think, right, okay, you, you remember his hat-trick against Leicester, you remember his thunder blaster against Chelsea, you remember the hat-trick against Liverpool that they tried to tarnish with the Grobelow thing. But he scored so many good goals and the fact that Beersley had Beersley in the team for that reason, you know, he, he could uh, provide for them and what a double act they were. You know, there's so many games that season that I just love watching them. The Tottenham game that you mentioned when Bielsi just went on a slalom ski and there was one goal in particular at QPR away where they played a 1-2 and it was it was Pedro that finished it. So the, I, I just believe Andy Cole, he's, I think his attitude let him down, but he also he felt like he was better than, well, he wasn't, he was a great player, but he wanted more. Uh, and he could have grown with us, and for sure we would have won something. Well, I can't say for sure, but my personal belief is that we would have won something had he stayed. But if he's not interested, the right decision was to move him out. Um, but you've got to think of him. He arrived at Newcastle as a shy young lad, and he left a goal-scoring machine. 
you know, and if you look at how much adulation he still received from the Man United fans and the amount of goals he scored for them as well, um, I just wanted I put him in front of the other ones I mentioned simply because for the last part of one season, the full season, and the the first half of the of the next season, uh, he was just immense. And again, another player I can say I've had the privileges of watching. And I, and I know I've just mentioned, I just, just love the simplicity of that Andy Cole song. It was great. It was joyous times, you know, where everyone was unified together and uh, were winning most times. So uh, the happy memories, etc. And I just think with, if you've got the balls getting crossed from the, the players I picked, Janola and Ben Arthur on the wing, he could either pick them off or Alan could knock them down for him if he wasn't putting them away himself. Or you've got Piazzi behind him feeding them. Oh, Gazav threading a ball through an eye of a needle. Uh, I just thought he complimented the team as well as I could put together over the, the five decades of, of watching them. So that's why I picked Andy Cole. Great stuff. Uh, Donald says, it's a shame we let him go. Would have been a great partnership with Celez. Tom says, two up front, then Ferdinand partner. Shearer, we know how devastating they were together, but in his own right, I love Ferdinand. He had power and a bit of class too. A very close second to Shearer for me. Uh, Billy says, and Shearer and Cole would have been lethal. One of the best qualities Alan had was he dovetailed brilliantly with every kind of striker. Sutton, Les, Sheringham, Bellamy, etc. Keith says, uh, Cole always said that Beardsley was his best strike partner and it was great to see him at the club going into the Hall of Fame a few years ago. Shearer and Cole's a good shout, says Donald. Those were the days with Andy Cole, some of the best I've witnessed, pre-social media as well, where all the fans were united, says Mark. Uh, and Barry says, might be wrong, but never felt Cole... Um, knew what it meant to play for us. Interesting. Um, certainly left under a bit of a cloud, uh, something which continues to this day. I tried organising a talk in with Andy Cole up here and uh, it fell like a pack of cards. Nobody was interested in going to see him. That uh, little jig at Wembley Stadium singing yeah. cheer up Kevin Keegan, I'm afraid, is hard for a lot of fans of a certain vintage to suck. So uh, that's your team uh, completed now. Uh, who's manager? Well, everyone has two choices, isn't it? It's either Keegan or Sir Bobby, but to manage a team like that, it has to be Kevin Keegan. And for the reason I picked Keegan over Sir Bobby is I believe he achieved more as a manager at Newcastle in my lifetime. He took the club from the depths of despair, the nigh on relegation, and, and left them you know, as a consistently challenging team in Europe and feared by everyone and admired by everyone. So with the, the team I mentioned, I think Kevin Keegan had to be the manager, but I'll cheat a bit and, and make Sir Bobby the director of football. So he's got he would then they would stay together longer because he could keep them calm as well. But Keegan had to be the manager from the from all the years I watched. I mean, Bobby did a great job, he rebuilt the team, etc. But when he came in, there was already really good players at the club and it just needed to be polished a bit and egos to be nurtured and arms put around people. But uh, what what uh, Kevin Keegan did for Newcastle, I think, hopefully, uh, well, it, I don't think it'll ever be surpassed because hopefully we'll never get to this stage where we were when he came in. So no, Keegan has to be. Completely agree, mate. Okay, you went for your full complement of substitutes and uh, it's a, a, a talented bench, I've got to say. Uh, so uh, let's go with sub number one. Uh, I've got Pav in goal. Uh, well, Pav is the subkeeper. Um Again, someone else who was uh, an adopted Jordy and, and this player's letter over the history of us watching Newcastle that might not have been the very best at what they were, but they give the very best. 
and you know they they immersed themselves in the area. And Pav was that popular. He had two songs named after him, didn't he? He had Pavel is a Jordy, and then the Pavel Pavel Sernicek to the tune of Go West. Now because I've been with Mitch for the last four or five days, you can give me throat, so I'm not singing it. But you know the Pavel Sernicek one. So he, that's why I picked Pav as, as the subkeeper. Again, there's no disrespect to Shea Given, who was a fabulous goalkeeper. Um, but Pavel took the, got the nod slightly uh, for me. Yeah, I would agree uh, on that. Uh, okay, sub two. Sub two, I had someone that I didn't mention was mentioning the defenders. And probably one of the most crucial signings in my lifetime, if not the club's lifetime, and that was Brian Kilclain, who... Uh, Keegan brought in. We had the Ardealers playing the kids in the diamond and it was great watching them try and they, they, they give the best. But make no mistake about it, we were getting renegated that year until uh, changes were made. And Killer, well, Brian Kilclain with the nickname Killer, sort of gives it away. He was no nonsense and he did everything that was asked of him and you can multiply it by any number you can think of. You know, he, he really did drag us up safety but he not just that he gave the players around him uh, like a safety net uh, like they knew that if they were going to get hurt you would look after them and give them confidence you know I'm, I'm sure what he paid a quarter of a million pound for him or something like that and again he was nearing the end of his career but he he was sold a job to do it and he did it brilliantly and as I said we can't underestimate the 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 power that signing uh, the the massive change it made uh, in our season that we just managed to stay up, but what could have been and what 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 did become because of that? I have killer in in the bench somewhere above all the far more talented defenders. Uh, Brian Kilclain made my bench for that reason. Okay, good stuff. Um, next substitute, Stu. It's um, Robert Lee, the the man who thought Newcastle was closer to London than Middlesbrough, but the Realistically, or not geographically, it is, but time-wise, it, it is quicker. So I can understand why where that come from. But Robert Lee was a player that has done so much for this club, and he still speaks so highly of the club. He loves coming back up Newcastle. I've been again blessed to have a, a couple of nights out with him, uh, some late nights as well. But he started off as a right winger and then moulded himself into a central midfield position or was helped to be moulded by Keegan into a central midfield position that got him England caps and if you look at how Rude Hullet treated him after after that how he managed to rebuild himself and come back again you know the the title in his book wasn't it come in number 37 he was asked to train with the kids a lot of people would have just right that's it I'm off but thank, thankfully for us, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Bobby Robson come in and managed to dust them down. And and what a gem he is. You know, another 100%er, score of some fantastic goals. Uh, his timing was brilliant. His crossing was brilliant. And not more so than the his timing for uh, the header at the Wembley in the semi-final. Again, funny enough, I was speaking about earlier, well, last weekend, just gone, where if we'd won that, the other semi-final was Bolton versus Aston Villa. We, we would have wiped the floor and our end would have been there. It was done, but it wasn't to be. Uh, but uh, Robert Lee, I think, because he didn't make it in the midfield, he, he had to be on the bench. Three subs down, uh, two to go. 
Who's Grace, next? The, the other one I thought, again, um, in case we're clinging on and needing needing a bit of bait, I've put David McCreary in, who nearly got in in front of Czech Duty. Uh, as I mentioned before, he's tenacious, he's terrier-like, and I used to love watching him. I'm sure everyone who did at the time, when he'd run back and then hook his ball, hook, the, hook his leg around the ball and then come away with it and then dis- they distribute it. You know, again, another 100%er. And I'm not sure, was he the first player to play in the World Cup finals that, when he was at Newcastle? Possibly, yeah. I'm going to have to check with Statu, like, but um, I, yeah, I think he was. I can because I, I was going to check that today, but I, uh, I ended up getting that busy at work. I, I never looked. But he, he played for Lord England when he was at the World Cup, so I just wondered if he was the first player that, that did for us because we had none of the England squad back in the day. And we weren't that good through the through the previous, well, between then. So, Dave McCreary, for me, was, again, still speaks very highly of, of, of his time in the area. And if what do we ask for when people pull on that black and white shirt? Just try your best, give us commitment, and we'll look after you. And he, he gave us all of that. Every game he was 100 percent And again, he had Gaza in midfield with him. You know, and you just start thinking, you know, you're looking back and sometimes with starry eyes, sometimes with teary eyes, you think, what could we have done with that uh, the nucleus of that squad if the if the board at the time wanted wanted to push on. So they, McCreary had to be in, uh, in on the bench anyway. If you couldn't make the team, he had to be on the bench. And he's, he's got every attribute to come on and help see out games as well. Okay, great stuff. And uh, last but by no means least. The four that's caused the most debate by picking Andy Cole it was the one that other people were asking for, and that was uh, Les Ferdinand. Um, everyone's mentioned it, you know, the, the fact that, again, he, he loved his time in Newcastle and I understand the reasons why he wanted to go because he was told he was surplus to requirements. You know, you, it's like most things in life, you don't stay in something if you're not wanted. You know, you, you say, right, that's it, I'm off. And then, oh, come back, come back. No, thank you. But, you know, he, he had the Dally Bear song, but not just that. When he was at QPR, he was one of the top players in the in the league, you know, and he was playing at like a mid-table club. And... I remember him scoring against us, watching us down at Loftus Road, and then he did a repeat goal for us against them the following season. His power, his strength. The only thing that I th- I thought that let him down slightly, and his aerial prowess was up there, him and Duncan Ferguson, the best two headers of the ball, probably better than uh, Shearer's, to be fair. But the only, the only thing that let him down to me was his finishing. Not his finishing, but it was his one-on-ones. He missed a few that Cole or Shearer wouldn't have, wouldn't have missed, or even Mickey Quinn, etc. They, they wouldn't have missed. Uh, Les Ferdinand did, but he brought so much to the team. And for someone who was, well, I think he's five foot ten, he played like he was six foot five. Didn't he? And, and, and there was very rare you see him getting uh, out muscled on the ball or in a physical confrontation. You always wanted or expected him to win, you know. And <sighs> The partnership he had with, with with Alan, and he could have done so much more. No, we could have done so much more. They could have done so much more. But just that one year, we had them together. We nearly won the league. We didn't win the league. But uh, again, Les Ferdinand, thank you very much for, for all you've done for Newcastle. And you had to make the bench. 
Billy uh, did do a little bit of cheating on the internet, but Milburn and George Robledo played in the 1950 World Cup. Oh, uh, he says, Mark Byers says, Les had this uncanny ability just to hang in the air. And uh, Keith Rose says, one of the biggest, uh, what if moments in history, uh, NUFC history, what if Les Ferdinand and David Ginola had stayed at Newcastle in 97? Yeah, it's uh, what, a lot of what ifs in our history. But uh, that's a cracking team. Uh, Debravka in goal. Anderson, Rhoda, Captain, and Woodgate, uh, Czech Teoti, Ben Arthur, Gaza, and Janola, Beardsley sitting in front of them, and Shearer and Cole. On the bench, Pavel, Kilkline, Lee, McCreary, and Les Ferdinand, and managing the team, Kevin Keegan. Great, uh, great team. Uh, slightly different, different formation, uh, and different players, as always. One or two uh, players in there who uh, have cropped up in a lot of dream teams. But uh, did you enjoy putting it together, Stu? I did, yeah. It, it took a lot longer than I thought. You know, you start off with the obvious Abiazis and, and Shearers, but then you, you start, no, no, change that one, change this one. <laughs> We're going to change that one. And then there's, there's so many good players that I haven't even mentioned, like not good players, great players that I haven't mentioned. But you, you just have to stick with what you believe. And as I said, the, the one thing I wanted to do was was to span the, like the five decades. And, and I know there'll be people saying that Given was better than him, but that's what football is about. It's about opinions. And I did put a lot of work into it, a lot of thought into it. And I believe that team that I put out would be a good match for anyone. So I, w I was happy with it and I appreciate the opportunity and privilege to do the first live one. So I'll be looking forward to watching the next ones. No, it was fantastic, mate. Don't forget, folks, you can find the NUFC Dream Team on the playlist. Uh, go and check out the, the the teams that other people have picked. It's always well worth listening to. And, of course, you have your own uh, teams, I guess, in your own minds, which you would probably want to pick as well. But uh, I'm back tomorrow live, 6 till 7, with Supermac and Gibbo. We are pre-recording uh, the Fab Four this week because we're obviously on our trip down to uh, London uh, with uh, with the protest NUFC group. So uh, looking forward to that. So we are pre-recording tomorrow for the Fab Four. Um, we just want to give this a shout out as well. Bobix um, are doing a talk in with me and Liam uh, in aid of the food bank. And uh, tickets are available from www.bobix.com. Tickets are £10.00. And uh, all proceeds are going to the Newcastle West End Food Bank. So uh, that's Thursday, the 5th of August, 7.30 until late. So uh, get yourself along if you want to come and meet me and Liam and uh, listen to what we've got to say about what's going on at Newcastle United at a live event and raise some good money for the food bank. Uh, great to have you on, Stu. Thanks for doing the first live one, mate. And uh, I'll see right, you next week for the retro, mate. Take care. Yeah, thanks a lot. See Bye. you later. Again, but it's the only way you're ever gone.